0: This morning, as we continue our Peaks and Valleys series, one of the opportunities that often comes our way during some of these summer months is to invite some of our mission and ministry partners from the region and sometimes from around the world to come and to share with us. And this morning, I'm pleased to welcome uh, Quinn Tucker, who is the executive director of City Team in Chester. Uh, And Quinn is going to share uh, a bit about City Team and her family and and her life and ministry there. Uh, But we are grateful, Quinn, for the work of City Team for the many, many years that Paoli Presbyterian Church has had the privilege of partnering with the work of City Team in Chester and in throughout the surrounding areas, and we're grateful that you have come to preach to us this morning and to share with us about the work that God is doing in and through you and through City Team. So welcome. We're glad that you're here with us today. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. Good morning. My name is Quinn Tucker, as Jonathan mentioned, and I'm the Executive Director at City Team Ministries in Chester. This summer actually marks the beginning of my 19th year with City Team, and that's both exciting and a little confounding to me. I don't feel that old. Um, I am so grateful to be here, and especially grateful to have the opportunity to speak specifically about surrender in the sermon today. I have often said, if you're close to me, you've heard me say this many times, surrender feels like my own private language with God. And in return, God speaks to me through an outpouring of peace. I have so many stories, and a lot of them honestly are too personal to share in this venue, maybe one-on-one, of how God has met me in moments of desperation, great and small. And when I whisper to God in surrender, I'm always met with more grace and peace than I can imagine. Thank you for having me here today. Um, we're gonna look together at a passage where we see Christ surrender. And I'll share a little bit about City Team, a little bit about myself. Uh, Becca and Jonathan mentioned you might like to hear about both things, so we will do that. Let's get started, I have a couple of photos to share. First up, I wanted to share with you a photo of most of our team at City Team in Chester. We are a spirited, diverse group of Christ followers, bringing our skills and our talent and our wholehearted faith to the work that we do at City Team. Together, we serve our community through programs ranging from food and clothing distributions to homeless shelter services, daily meals, um, and even including now transitional housing programs for women, men, and children. Uh, we impact about a thousand people, a thousand households every year, and about 5,000 individuals. So it's a big work that we do. We're a small team. We rely on a lot of people on the outside, volunteers and other supporters, to accomplish all that work. Our mission statement is to share Christ's unconditional and redemptive love by caring for immediate needs and enabling lasting solutions. And my role as the leader of this amazing team that you just saw and some of my, re- is to be the leader of the team. And some of my responsibilities are building strategies to grow our ministry and sustain it, to cultivate always the mission of Christ into every single thing that we do. Um, we are also, I'm responsible for raising funds and other resources, which isn't the most fun part of the job. Uh, I love empowering and guiding our leadership team and building a culture within our work. There are a bunch of Boring things like budgeting, and making decisions, and preparing reports, um, that are all part of my job too. Uh, I try to approach every part, the fun and the not so fun, as wholeheartedly as I can. The second photo I want to share with you is a photo of my family. This is another big role that I play in life. I'm a mother of two boys. This is my husband, partner in life, Steve. And Vishla dog, you can kind of see her in there, Sammy, who has more energy than all the rest of us combined. <laughs> I chose that photo because we're actually on the top of a mountain. We're on top of Mount Washington in New Hampshire, the highest most peak on the East Coast. Um, And I actually love that this sermon about surrender is considered a peak. Um, I think that is really interesting and makes a lot of sense. Uh, To tell you the truth, how we got to the top of that mountain, that was the second time I had been on Mount Washington. The first time I tried to hike with my husband and did not get to the summit. It was just too much work and too challenging for me. That time we drove a car, all of us, to get to the top. So surrender and mountains have, mountaintops have a lot in common. They come after a lot of good intention, hard work, pain, I think, desperation, and eventually once you make it to the peak, the magnificence takes your breath away. What is surrender really? As we look at our scripture today, I'd like to remind us of what just the word surrender means. What is surrender really? Surrender is not quite a defeat but it's also not a victory. Its definition is to cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. Another way to think of it is to let go of control of an outcome, to release to a power greater than your own. Surrender, I think, can seem full of weakness, but it can also be a moment of powerful pivot. Spiritually speaking, it can be a moment when we stop carrying on in our own strength And allow God's grace and mercy and love to be at the very center of our journey. When we can be fueled by the love of God and not just our own grit and determination. Let's read together from Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep and exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked. Get up and pray so you will not give in to temptation. This passage is one of those that you can really feel when you read it. I'd like us to picture, as we think about it, Jesus in his full humanity. A powerful truth about God is that he chose in Christ to have the full human experience, to be like us, to feel what we feel, experience our perspective. It's astounding when you think of it. And it always helps me when I read about Jesus' ministry to lean into his humanity and to think about my own humanity too. This passage reminds me of a prayer we hear recited all the time at City Team. It's called the Serenity Prayer. You've probably heard part of it before. It's a gift to the heart in need. I'm going to read it as we dive in here and I'm actually going to also use it as a guide through this passage and to unpack what we see about surrender in the life of Christ. So the Serenity Prayer... God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. The beginning of this prayer focuses on three things related to the heart's surrender. Acceptance, courage, and wisdom. Let's begin with acceptance. Surrender requires acceptance of what is really happening. God, grant me the serenity to accept what I cannot change. Here in Jesus' story, we find him at a moment of in-between. He has, at this point, spent his whole life dedicated to fulfilling his purpose on earth. He's spent the last few years speaking radically about who God is and how that's in contrast to the teachings of the present day. He's acquired followers, he has become an important teacher, he is a healer, and most significantly, he has lived to prove that God wants relationship with every human on earth, and not everyone liked that. He had been fighting for something, and now everything that has happened before on this journey is about to change. There's a before, and then there's now. He had dinner with his disciples, a sacred Passover dinner where they remembered God's mercy over the people, and he knows that one of his friends will soon betray him. His own life will very soon end in betrayal and death, and then he'll be alone with that. He hasn't died a human death before. This is a new and painful horizon for Christ. And it looks like in the text, he doesn't wanna do it. (laughs) Not if there could be another way. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. If we pause here, we can look at our own lives and experiences and see something that's significant for us. Jesus has come to a place of acceptance. He's dedicated his life to something and it's about to cost him everything. And now he can no longer continue forward in the same way. Surrender requires acceptance of what's really happening. I know this place well. I've seen other people walk through it too. Sometimes, like Jesus, we've signed up for something amazing that God called us into, and we've a point where there's no turning back. Sometimes it's not that inspirational. Sometimes what brings us to the point of realizing that we might need to just wave that white flag comes after we've been fighting just to stay alive or keep going, and we've maybe done that in a way that is actually making us sicker and sicker, and in a way that's making us more and more harmful to others and to ourselves, but we keep going because we think we can until it becomes clear we have to stop. One of the longest standing parts of the ministry at City Team is our work with men and some women who are battling addiction. This kind of dark, hard, difficult moment is something I've had the opportunity to witness over and over again. People in recovery from addiction have become the most inspirational and influential people in my faith and in my life. The truth of maybe all people who've lived in addiction is that the drugs were never really the problem, the pain underneath them was but drugs and alcohol did something to numb that pain and change the feeling. And at some point, it began to feel like that numbing cycle was the only way to stay alive. People find their way out of addiction through all kinds of different paths, but for every person in recovery, there is that moment, sometimes many moments, of reckoning where a person says to themselves, I can't keep doing this anymore. It is killing me, and it's killing the people who love me. Surrender requires acceptance of what is really happening. In one of the texts we use at work, the AANA book, these are steps one through three. Step one, we admitted that we were powerless over alcohol or drugs and that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to a belief that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And step three, we made a decision to turn our will and lives over to the care of God as we understood him. I would like to make an important to me caveat at this point. Um, you may have a loved one who has been, or even you yourself, might be in this place of addiction, and this moment of sec- you've had this moment of acceptance and surrender, uh, but it didn't last. And I would just want to say grace to you. Recovery and healing um, did not follow, and I'm sorry for you. Try not to give up hope. Surrender means giving up and letting somebody else guide and direct your life, and it's hard, especially when your brain and body are trained to believe that you will actually die without your addiction. May God give you or your loved one mercy to stay alive until you are free, and may God give you or your loved one the grace to find a way out. There is more than one path to recovery. I think it's important to acknowledge that. And um, we can ask to try to find acceptance and surrender one more time. In the story we're reading about Jesus, his moment of acceptance is immediately met with a plea. Please, God, just take this from me. If there's any other way, please. These are words I found myself saying in some form or another to God so many times. One moment of surrender in my own journey came recently. As I mentioned to you before, I'm the leader of our team at City Team, which is a role that I cherish and I wake up literally every day thankful for. It's also a very demanding role and a lot of eyes on my performance. And God made me a goal-oriented, enneagram Three, if anybody's familiar, Um, I think they call them the achievers, personality. Anyway, where I get the most motivation from succeeding or, as my brain often interprets it, from not failing. Um, As I mentioned to you, I'm a parent of two little boys who are here, and I share this responsibility with my husband. Mother and wife are also places where I'm driven to succeed and definitely painfully driven to just not fail. Now, I could fill our entire time talking about all the many, many failures that I have had, so I don't want you to be confused as if I think I haven't had failures. I don't have those illusions, um, and actually, coincidentally, surrender has always been how I got out of those moments. But this recent time that I'm talking about was more significant, in, uh it was a really more significant mountain of surrender in my life than I'd had pri- previously. It was the start of 2019, so only a couple of years ago, I had been in ministry over 16 years, so that wasn't new. I have been a parent at that point for about nine years, also not new, and been married for almost 13 years. So, these were familiar um, challenges in my life, but my desire to be excellent at everything, despite reality, and my low tolerance for failing were resulting in so much suffering for me. And, believe it or not, if I suffer, the people around me suffer too. (laughs) And that ended up leading to that time in 2019 that I had also experienced a lot of death and grief, um, some challenges in learning how to parent my kids with some of their challenges, uh, some major mistakes I had made. Also, I had been having a lot of good times. I'd been in counseling, which was helpful. I had learned so much about life and leadership from my team around me. I have had a new boss, the president of city team, Glenn Peterson, who still serves with us, and he believed in me. And I had Brene Brown also on my side. Uh, But it really felt like every part of my life was still under extreme pressure. The biggest parts I remember in the span of a few months was that I was challenged to kick off a strategic planning initiative for our ministry to grow, which I felt was good and right and exciting and huge. And our family had learned that we needed to move kind of immediately from the house we'd been in for 13 years in the city of Chester to try to pursue some educational needs for our kids. Um, And it was all very abrupt and none of the things we were choosing had any guarantees. A strategic plan is a great opportunity to fail very bigly, and moving to a new house might not even make the changes that we needed for our family. And in my own self-discovery journey, it became clear to me that the path forward was going to require a new kind of real change within me. So I did what I always do, I worked harder and I worried more. Um, but that didn't help. (laughs) And then I did what has always saved me. I got down on the ground, literally, and admitted to God what I had accepted at that moment. I cannot do all of this. Please show me what to do, God. I'll let anything go that I need to. It's yours. And then nothing changes, except peace washes over me. Surrender requires acceptance to what is really happening. If we think about certain parts of our lives as a literal battle, the concept of surrender is more salient. Regardless of the fight you're fighting, you realize you cannot win, cannot win, and you must choose. Will I lose this and die, or will I wave my white flag? This acceptance can feel brutal, but it also gives us so much power to reach out to, believe it or not, a God who loves to show us grace and mercy is eager to show us grace and mercy in the instance of christ's upcoming betrayal i imagine it was kind of different because in his story it wasn't that a long fought battle was over christ was after all god right he wasn't just human he could have fought back to destroy those soldiers who were coming from him or at the very least he could have just left and started over in a new location tried again he had the power to do that But in the case with Christ, he had to accept that what was next was also necessary. If he did not surrender, maybe he wouldn't lose, but he would lose himself and everything about what he had come to do. This can be true for us too, very true for me. I have a remarkable ability to survive and not die in difficult situations, but I have an equally remarkable ability to lose myself and forget who God made me to be. And for me, I think, and I think all of us, accepting what is really happening and surrendering to the Spirit is always the path toward peace. God, grant me the serenity to accept what I cannot change. Surrender is also an act of courage. Grant me the courage to change the things I can. After we see Christ calling out to God, begging for relief, we see God answer. Verse 43, that an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. God did respond here to Jesus' plea, not by making it just go away, but by giving Jesus the strength that he needs to move forward. His work is not finished. His work requires him walking courageously forward, where he will be mocked and not return insult. He will be injured and not bring the full wrath of God on those people holding the whips. And he will give himself rather than lose himself in an act of generous, merciful sacrifice. He was strengthened by God to go forward and it required courage for him to do this. He models for us what it is to both surrender and keep moving forward. Surrender is an act of courage. Jesus' moment of courage in surrender was to step into death with God's strength carrying him through. Oftentimes, our experiences of courage are not so extreme, but the stakes always feel high. One of our newest programs at City Team is for women and children, and it's called Turning Point for Women. It's a supportive transitional housing program for young women and young mothers who are age 18 to 24. When I think about courageous surrender, I find myself in awe of what these young women are choosing to do. The circumstances that bring them to City Team are all different. You couldn't pick one story and call it the universal story. But for each of these women, their path has brought them to a point where they no longer have a healthy place to live and call home, and if they have children, raise their children. They're not all homeless, some are in a traditional sense, but their housing is unstable, sometimes unsafe. And they have this choice to keep fighting alone Or take the risk, it is a risk to enter a transitional housing program with rules and people inserting themselves into how they make decisions, to bring their children into an unknown place, can you imagine? To open themselves up spiritually to connecting with other mothers and mentors, and to let much of their lives become open to outsiders and new people. If you're not that age now, Do you remember being 18, or if you're younger, can you imagine being 18 or even 24? This is not a time in your life when you're eager for this kind of intervention. You want freedom. And yet I see these brave young women surrender by accepting what's happening in their own lives and taking a leap of faith that this next step, entering this program, might radically improve their lives, their kids' lives. When I think about these women making this kind of decision, I am in awe, and I imagine that I can do anything. In my own life in 2019, that time I was sharing with you, as I sat with God and the growing pressures of my work and family life with this acceptance that I could not do everything that was next, surrender felt kind of confusing. It wasn't immediate for me, but I look back and I realize what followed was a transformational letting go while courageously continuing to move forward. I do not want to mix this message with like a leadership how-to. I was already at this point in my career where I understood delegation. That's not a new thing. I understood collaboration. These are wonderful tools. They were earlier surrenders for me in my journey. Actually, a piece of advice that I often give my team when they start to feel the weight of our jobs and how there's too much to do all the time and not enough of us is just, we have a lot of plates spinning. And I just frankly tell them, try not to drop the same plate twice in a row. You're going to drop some. Apologize when you do, and just try to rotate it around. That way, not everybody's mad at you at the same time. (laughs) It's legitimate advice, and it works a lot. But this particular letting go for me meant that I would do something even more radical for me. I would courageously go forward that I would frequently accept not just a dropped plate, but my own actual failures as routine and trust that God would help me and city team and my family forward one way or another. I was at capacity and there was no way forward as I could see it and I made room in my own heart for God to change my direction if needed. What if we bought a house with the hopes of our children for our children and it didn't work out? What if we made things worse? We would accept the failure and take the next leap of faith. What if I could not pull off a strategic growth plan at City Team and what if we got it on paper or couldn't or we did get it on paper and we couldn't get funding or got it all funded and couldn't execute? I would accept a failure for whatever it might mean. For me, surrender was putting again every part of me in God's care with no guarantee no of the outcome. I was open for maybe the first time in my life, really open with my boss about how limited I felt. I was open with my team about the vulnerabilities we were walking into. I was open with my counselor, really honest there, with my husband and with my friends. And God used those same people to create a miraculous open door for my growth and my and for our ministry to grow incredibly at City Team. Surrender is an act of courage. When we think of Christ's courageous surrender, we realize that we often still sit with our own desperate moments And God is always leading us into something else in these moments. We see this in the story of Christ, that every next thing is not a comfortable thing, and it requires some movement. But this whole notion echoes Christ's promise to us when he said he will carry our burdens with us. He will share the weight of the yoke. And I will say for me, and many that I've known, the peace of that feeling is real and worth taking the leap of faith. Rather than just pushing through and making it on my own, grant me the courage to change the things that I can. Last thing is that surrender is a practice of wisdom. God, grant me different. The God, grant me wisdom to know the difference. At last, he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Jesus stands up from his grieving prayer that has consumed his whole body. He's been given renewed strength from the spirit of God and he has chosen to go forward to complete his mission, walking toward death. and He finds his friends asleep. I can relate to this so much. Sometimes you're so consumed in what's going on and you look around and no one else seems bothered. I love that Jesus is like me. Jesus is once again in a situation that feels familiar. He seems to be the only person who can see how bad the situation is. Everything that happens next will affect his disciples, but it doesn't seem to be troubling them enough to even stay awake and pray, or at least worry. Come on. What Jesus has here is wisdom. He has come to terms with what he cannot change, and he has chosen to be courageous with what he can. And unlike his disciples, he has the wisdom to know the difference. He calls them up to come up with him and finish what they have started. And while this passage doesn't show how it all ends, what we do know now is that this act of surrender was powerful enough to change history and to bring every person the opportunity to have complete relationship with a loving, merciful God. So many times when we feel desperation and uncertainty creeping in, we're compelled to just charge forward, working harder against the things we cannot change. Other times, we are tempted just to give up, sink sink deeper and deeper. Surrender is in contrast to both of these options. It's wisdom to know what's what and who is who. What is my part and what is God's part? I could share countless stories from my time working at City Team of how I've seen people's lives change through brave surrender. So much of the wisdom I carry in my own life comes from bearing witness to men and women who make incredibly difficult choices. They take a leap of faith and reach out for help. It's nothing short of a privilege to get to be an encourager in their journey, to share what God has done for me and listen what God is doing for them. We see God do so much for people, sobriety, stable housing, peace, reconnection with family and once lost relationships, joy, We see people rise up as leaders, bringing hope to others who are struggling, just changing the world right in front of us through the power of their own stories. City Team is many, many things, but most of all, it's a safe place for people to land, a place to be supported in life-changing moments and let God work and fill people with real hope. I've been walking you through... One of my recent times of surrender in life. And since that time in early 2019, so much about my life has changed. I would love to share more, but that's kind of a personal thing. Um, But the big things that I notice is that as I regularly begin to practice noticing, acknowledging, accepting my desire to control an outcome of the unknown and be perfect or just not fail where anybody can see it, as I start to notice, acknowledge, and let that go, God has given me freedom after freedom that I could not imagine. God worked through our staff at City Team, through volunteers and community members, and through my leadership as well to bring about growth in our ministry larger than what we expected. We built a strategic plan for three new programs, completed a capital campaign in months, which I know you guys can relate to, (laughs) to fund their startup and have launched them All within the last two years, we opened six transitional homes for graduates of our men's Renew program, the residential programs I was telling you about, two communal transitional homes that can house up to six single women and five families, women with young children. And just this month, we're going to be launching our mobile food market so that we can work to double the amount of food we distribute every year. It's crazy, it's bigger than one person could accomplish, it's bigger than even my team of 13 could accomplish. It is a movement of God through surrender. In my family, our children are thriving and our family has, we had the stability to weather 2020, which is no small thing. We could never have weathered 2020 in the way that we did if we hadn't faced our challenges together on a new journey together, working on ourselves and opening ourselves up to change. And I have released this desire to not fail most of the time. I'm trying really hard not to fail right now. Um, you can let me know after. I've discovered a whole host of hobbies and interests. Did you know if you stopped spending all this time worrying all the time that you could do a whole lot of other stuff? <laughs> just, just think about that. Surrender this time was different. Too complex, really, to describe fully, but too real to deny. Grant me wisdom to know the difference. As we end our time here today, I want to challenge myself again and challenge all of you, all of us worshipping together, to consider what are we walking toward? What are the things we're pursuing? Even the things that are part of our calling, and of those things we're pursuing, what, is, what gives us that pit in our stomach, that feeling of dread, the tightness in our chest, the headache that we carry forward? And when we feel that, are we numbing our pain? Are we ignoring it altogether? Do we dare acknowledge it and lay it down and trust that maybe God might like to ease our burden? That we might collapse and surrender only to be met with a wave of peace and a way forward. That we might climb or drive to the top of a mountain and see majesty. Thank you for having me here today. I am blessed for the chance to share with you. Will you pray with me? God, will you allow our hearts to be soft and kind? Will you allow us to have love for one another and even for ourselves? Will you allow us to believe that you really love us too? God, would you send us forward with strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart? Amen.